0: Welcome to the fair Chase podcast It's like yeah it's gonna be it's gonna start
1: but, but it's also like... like the best later on that's the story you tell I got a new strategy it's you just go kind of lick your finger a little bit like this aim high play the win and then you aim high you play the win it's a new aiming technique that I'm working on
0: you brought this up yeah is because you had target panic so bad yeah I didn't have it so bad.
1: Before we jump into this episode, we have to thank a few companies that make this show possible. First up, Vortex Optics. We run their binoculars, spotting
0: scopes, and uh, a lot of their clothes in their Vortex wear line. Quality hoodies. sweaters and hoodies, t-shirts, hats. Yep. You uh, can save yourself 20% on that stuff. By Ooh, using it's a new
1: code, the code TFC20. TFC20. Check them out. Next up, Trophy Line. Trophy Line. No secret, we are saddle guys. We like to hunt in saddles, make the jokes if you want, but they're super light, super effective, and we're big fans of Trophy Line. This year, we're gonna be running the mission platform or the EDP platform, depending, and
0: uh, running the Covert Light. Yeah. Nice and light saddle. Lots of good adjustability on that. I feel comfortable walking with that thing out in the woods. Go check this thing out. Use the code TFC10 to save yourself 10% on the next purchase. Next up, Prime. The bow that got
1: me to switch back. I think I feel like I got you to switch back. You did, but but I like. But it was because of Prime's shootability, shooting your bow, their accuracy. We're big fans of Prime. They're Michigan company. Jared's shooting the Nexus 4. I'm shooting the Nexus 2 this year. Go check them out. G5prime.com. We uh, we're big GPS map users on our phone. Um, I get tend to get lost a lot, and Jared tend to get lost a lot. Jared can't always be next to me. When you don't have Jared with you, you can have a little Jared in your pocket. Gross.
0: <laughs> this is an awesome platform. We know the guys; they're local here in Grand Rapids, and you can actually download other apps, stand locations, plot locations, whatever pins that you have. You can download them onto the Huntwise platform, so you're not you can, give you it a, try. You can just hit the ground. And you're not running, losing your research. Try. Yeah. So go check this app out, Huntwise.com. You know, I was actually asked this weekend if we weren't partnered with Vector and like I had to shoot a different arrow would I shoot vectors? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I said, yes, of course. Yeah, I love them. I shoot extremely accurate with them. I've never broken one. Yeah. And the sweet thing was is you pretty much just tell Isaac and the guys over there your draw length, draw weight, and I think your tip weight. Your tip weight. And, they have a, and then you customize the whole thing. Know, and you they can do it right tip, online. And they cut, and everything. You don't have to mess with the bow shop or anything like that. Check these guys out, vectorcustomshop.com. For
1: 10% off your order at checkout, use TFC10. Good luck out there. Shoot straight. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Fair Chase podcast. We're back. And today we're talking with Dan Johnson, nine finger chronicles, sportsman nation, all around hunter guy. Thanks for coming. The guy out. the Dan.
2: I'm glad you, uh, with all the genders and all that other crazy stuff out there. I'm glad you, you made it that uh, clear that I was a guy.
1: He, he and him would be that pronouns there's, there's that are pronouns behind are his noise. Oh, okay.
2: And a, and a feller fellow, uh, ginger beardman. Mm, yes. Very nice. Yep. Yes, it's starting to get salt, a little salt and pepper on this side right here. Is uh,
0: it? You know what?
1: Yeah. I had sprinkles of that ginger beard for a short period of time, and they turned white. You can't really yeah. see, but the corners, they got white. It looks like I dipped them in paint a little bit, like <laughs> look good. <laughs> just you little over Thanks. I appreciate that. I really tried hard. My beard has been a work in progress for a long, yeah. long time, and I've, I've stuck with it um, through the thick and mostly the thin. Um, I but had, I like uh, to think it's paid off.
2: I had a uh, uh, a problem growing a beard in certain areas of my face, and then all of a sudden, one year, it came, and I was just like, "I'm a man now." Yeah. And then the next year, it started going gray. So yeah. I was like, <laughs> "I only had a really good one for one year." And now yeah. I'm starting to show my age.
1: You know, I had the same thing. I'd like th- this year for some reason my beard grew better, and I maybe it's COVID. You know, you never know how COVID works. It works in mysterious ways. Yeah. But I attribute it to. I have a brush and my brother was telling me that if you brush something like stimulates continuously, you'll stimulates the hair follicles. And I have found that to be true. Like I always had like kind of like a dry part of my hand right here yeah. and I always itched it and I've got hair there and not as much on this hand. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to try it. So for months I just brushed one spot and I like
0: to think I grew my hair. <laughs> you know what, my I'll hair. I'll give that one to you because I've seen advertisements for like a beard growth kit right? Yeah. So there's, there's a little tool that they have. It, I don't know how to describe it. It's pretty much a handle with a wheel on it at the yeah. end of it. And on the end of that wheel is like little prickly points or whatever. And you're supposed to like roll it around on your face and it's supposed to stimulate the hair follicles. And they put like some serum on there. And it's the serum somewhat, is where the money is. Yeah. The special snake oil serum.
2: It's <laughs> <laughs> it BS. Probably, it's probably just like water and syrup. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Corn syrup. If,
0: if. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Just drink your milk, eat your beef, and yeah, don't be so, a bitch. So, so <laughs> elephant in the
1: <laughs> elephant in the room, Dan. Uh, you, you're the Nine Fingers Chronicles, uh, and you you do a podcast. You've been you've been around forever. Um, yeah. The 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 Nine Fingers thing. You have nine fingers, right?
2: Well, it's a complete myth. I have myth, ten fingers
1: because I've never seen both hands in the same picture. So I, I don't, you know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there it is. Oh, he's got tricks. There it is. That's impressive.
2: Yeah, my grandpa so, taught me that one.
1: Yeah, that's right. Every, I feel like I've heard that too. So that, that was, that's been kind of your thing. I have to ask. I mean, I don't mean any offense, but like, how did you, how did that happen?
2: Well, I am really offended that you asked that question. <laughs> no, but uh, um, usually I lie and sure. I tell people I was, you know, I was noodling and a snapping turtle bit it off. Yep. And then I, and then I just walk away from the people and never actually tell them the truth. That's a good call. Uh, 2005, Atlanta, Georgia, I got sucked into a giant exhaust fan and it chopped it off. Holy cow. How how old were you? 25.
1: Holy cow. I mean, it had to just be incredibly painful.
2: Uh, it wasn't as bad as you would think. I, I went into shock instantly. Sure. And then the rest of the night was just kind of, I don't know, man. Yeah. Blurry. I mean, it, I went into shock. I got to long story short, I got to uh, the hospital and that was the first time I ever had morphine. And then it was all good from there, man. Beautiful. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I had, I had pretty, crazy reconstructive jaw surgery i had like he, braces, he, he braces, looked like a freak so for seven years it was it was dumb eventually the big picture like the arches of my teeth were perfectly fine it's just they were just off-centered so i had to it was com- cosmetic surgery but i just remember being in that hospital bed and they're like do you want to have some morphine and at the time i'm just like yeah dude whatever and yeah, i remember him yeah. putting it in my iv which was in like one of the veins of my hands and it I could just feel the cold trickle up my arm. It was,
2: it's gnarly, man. And as it's soon gnarly. as it hit,
0: as soon as it hit my heart, and just spread around, it was just like, oh, and you just let like, you just like sink back <laughs> in bed. And you're really? Like, yeah. Keep it coming.
2: Yeah, and and that is why we have an opium. Epidemic. That would be it. <laughs> that would be it right there. That that the, the feeling that you had when you did the, the
1: lean back. Yeah that that yep. was that's the moment exactly yeah.
2: oh. God, this is pretty freaking sweet guys
1: <laughs> they're on to something with this yeah. this morphine y'all gotta, y'all gotta try yeah.
0: this shit Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: no, it's i i it's funny i remember visiting you jared and i i so we had we've known each other for a long time and so i knew he was going into surgery and like i walk in i actually brought my girlfriend now wife and I turn around the corner. I'm like, "Where is Jared in the hospital?" Looking around, and I see this Shrek looking guy. Like, come around, because his, his face was like head, like a bulbed out face, just upside down. And balloon. I, it took me a second to realize. In the moment I did, I lost it. Like, almost wetting my pants, laughing so hard. Which well, they, was
0: they, they you tell, tell you like to a get freak. up. They tell you to get up and start walking around so you get blood moving and try to yeah. you know, get the swelling down in your face. So I'm, I'm just like old grandpa walking with my hand on the rail and my my other hand on my IV cart, whatever the heck it was. And all of a sudden James pops through the double doors, takes one look at me and just puts his head down (laughs) and starts laughing and like turns around in all this while. Like I cannot, like if I smile, just the worst pain in the world. Like they did so much (laughs) shit in my face and he's laughing at me and I'm laughing. And I tell you what, man, that's some of the most, that's I the worst pain. I've later,
1: had later, I kid you not. I watched Jared because I had to hold his mouth open. He pit, picks one end of his lip and peels skin, and it starts here. Off, it yeah. goes all the right way around the horn, all the way like one long. Yeah, lip. I remember
0: that. It was like a snake horrible. skin. Yeah, yeah like a snake
1: skin. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I peeled the whole lip off. It was <laughs> pretty crazy. Pretty, pretty yeah. crazy.
1: <laughs> so, you- so, anyways, Dan. I mean, that's that's horrible. Uh, That sounds like a horrible accident. And did you get like phantom? You get phantom pains or anything like that that you hear about. Yeah. So. I had
2: one that really stuck out to me was the tip of my finger would itch. It would just be this this most annoying itch and there's nothing I could do about it. Wow. Like I, I would just take my nub and I'd go and it would st- it wouldn't go away. It was just this crazy itch. And um, I had that for like several months and and then I had the, uh, so here's my real finger, right? Yeah. So they told me, so I'd get these cramps in my hand and it felt like my finger was doing this Yeah, and I couldn't, I couldn't do anything about it. Right. Yeah. So I had to do these exercises where I'd go. Oh, just kind of, yeah. And visualize, visualize what? it. So, yeah. Wow. I couldn't, I couldn't use chopsticks i was dropping for the first year i had to like teach my uh, reteach myself how to tie my shoes um i had to learn how to simple like use a fork like, yeah. i would literally drop food out of my hand just because that, that finger wasn't there anymore so
1: unreal what a what a crazy i mean it's a manly thing Like it's, mm-hmm. you get like serious man points you know yeah,
2: i feel like more of a man when it happens you, sh- it you happens.
1: should yeah, yeah. I, you know, I know of a guy that that did this in college and he had his whole hand, he had sawed it off. So his fingers kind of went at an angle. Like I remember Tyler Zoroff, Jared. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, I always thought, I thought like, man, that's tough. And that would be like a horrible thing. But you also, at the same time, I kind of think you're, you're pretty like cool. Like you're pretty tough now, you know?
2: Yeah. I guess it just depends on what the actual accident is. I don't know your buddy, Uh but if you cut your own fingers off, Mm. As opposed to an a straight up accident like right. what I had, I don't know how cool that is. No, like no. if you're like, oh, zip, and, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm sure exactly. your buddy's a great guy, but you know, come on. Yeah, I oh, know. I- he <laughs>
0: sliced my hand
1: off. You know what? Come to think of, I think, I think he did it when he was a kid. Oh, okay. Which, right. by the way, I just can't think of a worse feeling as a parent. Uh, yeah. that that's up there. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so. So Dan Ninefinger Chronicles, you, you and you and Mark Kenyon, who we've had on a couple times, um, you kind of that's where you you guys kind of started. Where I first started hearing about you is that how you got into this hunting media thing, or or how'd you get in?
2: Well, it, media is a different story, right? Yeah. So in, I don't know if you guys are familiar with White Knuckle Productions. Yeah, uh, Todd Pregnant's he's mm-hmm. he's uh, he passed away a couple years ago, but um, in two thousand and six. Todd started uh, White Knuckle Productions and that's kind of where I got my start was working with Todd and then kind of onto the the Wicked Tree gear um, thing that he was doing there. And I worked I worked with that, too. And then uh, I think with Mark, I think it was like 2014 is when. The Wired to Hunt podcast started, and Mark Mark was down on a shed hunt, and he asked me to kind of be a co-host of the of the show. And I was like, "Yeah, man." Was there I'm a ring up.
1: involved or anything? Did he like get down on a knee, like, "Hey, man, would you be no, my like a like a nice no, dinner?"
2: I knew he was going to ask me a serious question, so I went out and I planted a really big shed out in the woods, <laughs> and then I sent I sent him right on the line to it, and then he found it, and he was he was pretty <laughs> excited, and I think the plan worked. <clears throat> that's pretty good yeah. points you'll ask you'll have to ask him i'll have he to found, ask him he I i a I've giant said... shed that that uh uh that weekend and uh he found it by himself you know i'm uh, I'm obviously kidding but uh that was kind of the blossoming of the wired to hunt podcast right that was the start of it kind of that's
1: funny yeah i i've I told him this um but i'll tell you this too uh that's when I started listening to you. I was, I was living out East in the city, uh, right outside yeah. of New York city, uh, going to school, um, and, and missing, cause I'm, we're, we're from Michigan, um, missing home, you know, it'd be deer season and I would be studying and just like, it was just the, the epitome of the grind. Uh, but I would listen to you guys when I'm driving to school. Cause it took me like 45 minutes to get to class yeah. out there. And, uh, that was cool. Like, you were like the first, I think, the first hunting podcast or really any podcast that I listened to. I knew of them, but wasn't interested in them until I'm like, oh, there's a hunting one. I'm all right, I'll check that out. And so I'd hear you guys, you know, goofing around, talking to good people and stuff. So you, you got me through some dark, no hunting times. That's for sure. <laughs>
2: well,
1: <laughs> that's dark good, age. man.
2: Yeah. That's good.
1: Well, at that time, too, Jared, you were gone in Japan. So, like, what, what year? That was, that was 14. I was back home. No,
2: that wasn't. Yeah. I think,
1: I feel like I listened to it before 2014. That was, was in law in, school.
2: I was I'm in pretty old, sure 2014 is, yeah, it's gotta be somewhere around 2014 when we, somewhere in when there. we started yeah. it. Yeah.
1: So anyways, that's where I know you from. Um, and so I've been listening to your podcast and, and you on, on his, uh, and then following some of the uh, Sportsman Nation stuff you do, which is also kind of interesting and, and kind of a cool idea.
2: Yeah how yeah. you come up
1: with that? What was like, what, what caused, what led to that?
2: Yeah. In all actuality. I mean, I could sit here and tell you I'm some Steve Jobs of podcasting yeah. when I'm not, I'm an idiot. And, and so I just had this idea pop in my head where I'm just like, Hey, let's put more podcasts on one feed, dude. And mm-hmm. that was the birth of it. I wish right. I could tell you there was something <laughs> fancy, but it wasn't, man. It was just like, uh, an idea popped into my head probably when I was shotgunning a bush light and then all of a sudden I was just as like, all hey, good
1: ideas bush. come
2: <laughs> yeah uh, so then really what happened was uh it started to take off right after I did it and I I asked a couple people to pop on and they they were like yeah let's do it and now I mean it's bigger than I ever thought it would be and awesome. uh, I'm pretty happy with it
1: a lot of brand like how many podcasts do you have now
2: uh, let me look at my schedule board here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. I think we have 17 individual shows and then we have 23, uh, 21 or 20, 21. Yeah, 21. Total RSS feeds. So we have all sure. the indi- individual feeds, and then we have the RSS, the uh, the network feeds as well. So, wow. so you
1: always on these guys like making sure they hit deadlines and stuff. Like we we, we have one of your your guys on uh, Nick Otto. Uh, he he lives kind of near us. And
2: Nick is the man.
1: He yes. is the man. He's got the voice for. I have, the more I have, we have him on. The more I'm like, he has the perfect voice for. Yeah.
2: I just he hope has- NPR doesn't steal him <laughs> away. I know because like, we he has an NPR you. voice, man. Yeah. <laughs> he does.
1: Yeah. And he he knows his way around some turkeys, so my family eats a lot of the auto farms turkeys. So this is a, oh, okay. a plug for them. Okay, yeah, it's good stuff. Um, no, that's cool. That that's a lot of listens, and, and so yeah, it sounds like I mean you, you're you're bringing in all these different hunting podcasts under this umbrella. What's what's wh- why did you why do you do that? What's your
2: like? What drives you to do this kind of thing? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, I love the outdoors. I love I love sharing the outdoors with people. I love like my job. I'm going to say this out loud. So everybody understands my job is to talk about hunting and the outdoors all day long. That's all I do. Now there's some other stuff I have to do, you know, to facilitate. Yeah, exactly. To do the adult work. Look, see how I did that adult work. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) and, and so, um, you know, I wanted, you know, when, when you grow a business, you want to work with very strong like-minded individuals who you're not going to, I don't want to be the best. I want to have a gang of people like around me. I don't want to, I don't want to be the standout. I, I just want to, you know, and so everybody right now that is on the network has been vetted. They put out excellent content and, um, Basically, handpicked these guys, and every person who's on the, the the network right now is just as passionate, if not more, than me about what they're doing. So, yeah. you know, I love deer hunting, but you know, we talked about Nick there. The dude loves to cook wild game, and that's like all he wants to talk about. And so, his podcast reflects that, and that that podcast is amazing because yeah. of what he's passionate about. Now, on the flip side. You know, I wanted to, I didn't want to bring in just a whole bunch of me's. You know what I mean? So we got a, uh, there's a guy, his name is uh, Chris Powell. He is the host of the Houndsman XP podcast. Yeah, and this, seen him. yeah. And this dude is a very passionate and not just about coon hunting, like that's what this dude loves to do, coon hunting with dogs, but just like fighting for. The rights of hunters, like that's what this guy gets off on, and yeah, and so he's on there along with a whole bunch of other guys who just love doing what they do, and then that just comes off in their podcast, yeah,
1: passion. And and, passion. It's, and so it's, I mean, I mean, it's a great way to just be outside, be talking about the thing that you love to talk yeah. about, anyways, yeah, which you cl- clearly are so passionate about. How'd you? how'd you get into this? Like, how'd you get into hunting? When did you start to like it as much as you do? Cause you haven't always been a podcast guy.
2: Yeah. Um, my journey as an outdoorsman was, is kind of weird. Like I grew up in a farming family, right? So I was the kid as my mom and dad went to work every day, I was dropped off at my grandparents. They were babysitting me and they just they just drug me around everywhere they went. So I was outside all day, whether I was in a combine or in a tractor during planting or harvest, I was taking care of uh, cattle, watching them take care of cattle or hogs. My grandpa had a horse farm. Um, so I, I was just outside in that kind of farming environment. And then that kind of flooded over into like checking traps. My uncle would take me to check traps. And then when he was in college, I can remember some crazy stories about, he says, hey, grandma, like he says, hey, mom, I can't make it back. So my grandma is out checking traps, um, checking yeah. traps in, in these <laughs> waterways with a five-year-old, right? So, and I, I was the kid that would hold the bat and like yeah, if there was one still alive in the bat or in the trap is wow you well, know, what like
1: were you that. i gotta just put a pin maybe you know no i want to talk about this you what you're trapping
2: oh anything like coon and and uh, muskrats mostly i mean that's what you wanted uh but anything that was in the trap you know possum skunk all that stuff could okay. eventually show up but for the most part you try to get possum or uh, raccoons and uh, uh muskrats Muskrat.
1: yeah i've yeah. i asked because i've I'm trying to catch a beaver, a couple beavers this year. Yeah. And I feel like almost just catching them. I'm no, I'm just catching them. Yeah. Yeah. Trapping. I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) but I haven't, I feel like I I haven't, yeah, I've failed at that so far. So
2: I really, I didn't get into trapping after that. It's just kind of, if you're going to look at all the little points that led up to me doing what I'm doing, you know, and then it was pheasant hunting. Yeah. I remember going pheasant hunting and then, I was, you know, and then just a ton of fishing, right? So all these little things and just being outside really all the time. Like, it's not like today where you have all these opportunities inside like Wi-Fi and internet and and Netflix and stuff. I mean, uh, this sounds cliche, but when I grew up, we had three channels on our television and it was all shit I didn't want to watch. So (laughs) what did I do? I wanted to go throw rocks. And I wanted to go, you know. Make some just, forts. Yeah. Play with pigs. Start a like fire. Climb, it, climb in the hay mound and, and all that stuff. So, um, yes, I got in trouble for starting some fires, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. So Oh, yeah. Um, I, that's good, clean fun. Yeah.
1: I, I count myself lucky because I would say, you know, Jared and I are in their early 30s, 33. you 34 34. You're turning 34, Jared.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Big dog. I, right at the end of that. So, like my, when I was a kid, I, you know, my mom would lock me out of the house. I would like you said, we had a couple TV channels and she was yeah. like sick of three boys, like just get out of the house, lock the door, come back at dinner time. Um, but within a few years there was internet and video games and all that, which, you know, whatever it's, it is yeah. what it is. But I, I, I do count myself lucky to not have grown up with that. Mm-hmm. You know, Facebook was out when I was in college. And so, right. To deal with social media as a a kid, which is, you know, an entirely different thing uh, than I ever had to deal with or think about or or even, you know, have to worry about. Um, I, I definitely feel lucky. I feel lucky for that, like last little bit of normalcy before the metaverse took over.
2: Yeah. Don't get me wrong, man. I grew up in the eighties, so I had right. Nintendo and I played Mario brothers and duck hunt. And, oh yeah. You know, like I lived in that era where MTV was just raging. Sure. So I can remember getting off the bus to sprint home just so I could maybe catch my favorite video on total Request live. Right. Uh, sure. Daily. TRL you know I mean? baby. Yeah. Yep. So like I lived, I lived all that too, but just like the outside and I'm, I'm really glad that my parents, my, my dad loves to camp. So yeah. that flooded over into it, you know, the farming, the camping, the fishing, all that stuff kind of added up. And then it was like 12 years old is when I, re- when I was like 12 years old, I think is when I got my first bow. And it, from there, it was just like, I, w- I really wasn't serious. I, you know, cause right when you're 13, you start to hit you know, your interest, sports, girls, you know, like all that stuff,
1: the finer things in life, Yeah, the
2: finer things in life. And then, you know, I I was doing it and I started shooting my bow and I started deer hunting and then got to high school. And that kind of took a, you know, a backseat for a little bit because of sports and, and all the activities there, college a little bit, you know, I'd still go fishing and I'd still do some pheasant hunting. And then, so I, I dabbled, yeah. And I was dabbling in it. And then in 2006 is where I just went like all in. All of the. All yeah. In. Yeah.
1: And once you go all in, it's, there's no coming back.
2: <laughs> and, and especially, especially when it sinks. Like you can go all in on something and then just go like, okay, I've, I've been all in and I still, I like, I don't want to be all in anymore. Yeah. But with this, with bow hunting with like the outdoors just fishing like when you like when I went all in and, and I, I I'm gonna speak to bow hunting whitetails because yeah. that's really what I went all in on is when my life changed yeah really and it was just one of those things where it's just like like I got punched in the face by mother nature yeah and I said I want to do this all the time, all the time. I want to to shed hunt. I want to scout. I want to run trail cameras. I want to drive around with my binoculars. I want to, I want to go stare at a rub in the middle of the woods. And I want to hypothesize about what deer made this, where he's, where his bedroom is, what he's doing, all that that dumb shit that we spend way too much time on, you know what I mean? And, And that's what that's, and it hasn't left. I can see it
1: <clears throat> once you get all in, it's, it's hard to go back and you find yourself, yeah. like you said, it's 80, you know, 89 degrees it's muggy. And I'm looking for spots yeah. that I might hunt in three months or maybe in two years, if I get around to the spot yeah. and I'm like big smile the entire time. Yep. yep. It's funny that, that works. So you started in 2006, getting in, you're, you're in Iowa, right? Yep. Iowa born and raised. Yep. Must be nice. You know, as for, for the <laughs> listeners here uh, who, who don't know,
0: Must Iowa be.
1: is known as like, I would say the mecca of, of hunting, of deer hunting for whitetail. I mean, there's, it's a draw state you you put in to get points in certain spots and, you know, it, it produces consistently amazing deer. And uh, it, a lot of the footage you see on TV happens in Iowa. So this is, I mean, this is a, a, a in a whitetail well, state. It, am I, am I overstating it?
2: well yes i'll just say yes all right fair because what you see on television isn't what i grew up with and and don't get me wrong i i grew up in southern iowa i i hunt the you know south interstate 80 and it's glorious compared to anywhere else i've ever been if you're from pennsylvania or michigan and you come to iowa and you land yourself on one of those perfect days during the rut, you will have a memory that you will never forget. <laughs> Hot Doe comes through and is pulling like three 130s with her, a couple maybe a 140 or something like that. You'll never forget that. But a majority of like everything you see, you see on the television, you know, aside from let's just say you, you take away guys like uh, the hunting public. Right. Right. They're, they're out there hunting public, but again, they're not running into 200 inch deer. They're not hunting thousands of acres of, of managed ground. Yeah. So if you own property in Iowa and you have the ability to uh, manage it and you're, you have the ability to pass four and five-year-old deer to get them to this, this older age class that I don't know, I, I don't own property and I huh. would probably never pass a five-year-old. no. No, no. Uh, so so when I, when people say, oh man, it must be nice to hunt Iowa, it's great to hunt Iowa. Don't get me wrong, for but sure. everything everything you see about Iowa is 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 manufactured. It's the one yeah, that's a good word for it. Right? Yeah. Sure. Uh, sure. So you know when when you see a television show and a guy's passing a 170 class deer because it, it, yeah, you, you can call him that, but he knows cuz he's watched that deer for 3 years. He probably knew what doe gave birth to him, where right. he has bedded his entire life, what field he comes to, and it's just watched. And yep. then they're shot, right? This is what like people don't understand about Iowa is that I don't own any property. I hunt a real I hunt some really good pieces that allow me to uh, do that. But at the same time, we have hunting pressure and I'm not going to compare it to Pennsylvania or Michigan because that wouldn't be right to do. Right. But Iowa also on their public land, we have less than 2% of our ground is public land. Right, And some of that includes state parks that you can't hunt. So you take a smaller amount of people and you shove them into a smaller amount of property you're still getting hunting pressure. The only thing about Iowa that really is awesome is that we don't have a gun season during our rut. Yeah. That's huge. That's mm-hmm. huge, huge. Yeah.
1: And just think about that, Jared, like a couple weeks of hunting, you know, different parts of a, the good part of a rut for us, like right as it's kind of peak
0: kicking off,
1: almost you know, the, the rifles come out and you're like, Oh, nuts. You know, you get that one beautiful, gorgeous week right beforehand where hopefully something happens and, and I'm glad you said that, Dan. That's why I brought it up to be a little yeah. facetious. Like, I mean, I obviously Iowa is known as this great deer spot, but like you said, public lands are, are, there's not a lot of it. Yeah. Um, and what you do. Just see imagine,
2: on TV, I'm sorry to interrupt, but no. you're from, you guys are from Michigan, right? Yeah. Just imagine if for two years in a row, they pushed gun hunting season back two weeks. Right. And It's just, it's bow hunting, it's bow hunting for the first, for pretty much all of November. And then the gun season opens December 1st, the breeding takes place, the big bucks come off the does and some of the, the, you know, and they go back into their, their hiding pat, you know, they're hiding.
1: And you can do all the deer drives you want at that point. Yeah,
2: exactly. And yeah, that's great. You can go do your deer drives and hopefully kick them up, but they go back from being dumb to. They go back into survival mode. It's two different deer you're hunting. Same yeah. two deer, two different behaviors. Yeah. And you know, I was talking to a wildlife biologist. God, uh, I try. I'm trying to remember his name, and he's like, Michigan has some of the best genetics that uh, they've studied, and you give deer in Michigan two more years to live. And now you're talking a caliber of deer that's unseen anywhere else in the United States.
0: Yeah. we we'll, well, look at, but, you know, don't, don't tell 80% of Michigan hunters that though. They'll they'll tell. Yeah. Oh, I know.
2: I know. It's <laughs> but big...
1: they,
0: they all get up in
1: arms, but you go to that Sini gas station up uh, on the way to the yeah. UP or up in the UP. It's like well-known there's like giant bucks on the walls. And I remember stopping in there. And I'm asking the guy, I'm like, yeah, what part of Iowa did you shoot this thing from? And he's <laughs> laughing. He's like, these are all UP bucks. Yeah. And he's or like, probably, 19- probably, yeah. He's like, up until 1992 or whatever, this place was hopping with deer and uh, it went downhill. Um, and we're seeing a little bit of it. Uh, we've been doing these APR zones, so Antlin Point restriction. And two of the places that I hunt, two of the counties I hunt are not three in a side, but four and a side. Uh, you, that it needs nope. before you can shoot it, which led to some like uh, this year, I had some of the best buck encounters i've ever had in michigan uh and you know multiple multiple and had i not had you know traditional archery equipment probably would have done a lot better uh yeah but it makes it makes a huge difference um that the gun season thing well yeah i mean i i would correct me if i'm wrong jared but there's no way you could convince anybody in michigan to change november 15 back I mean, and, and I will say this, like, I shouldn't even complain because I bow hunt, but I love, love to gun hunt too. So I'm taking full advantage of it, but I do recognize the difference and, and, you know, bow hunting during the rut is, it's just a special quiet. It's, you know, you can be quiet and, you know, it's less intrusive and less people are in the woods. And when those deer are moving around, it's like you said, Dan, I mean, it's some of those rut days are like stick in your head and you never forget the crazy stuff you see.
2: And I'm not sitting here saying any of that's right or wrong. Right. What I'm saying is that the people who, and this is, we've talked about this so many times, the people who bitch about there being no bucks, no big bucks, are the same people who are shooting four (laughs) corns, right? Like, uh, well, I gotta get my buck this year. Boom. I had some.
1: Re- that was, hey, Jared, that's like half my relatives. We, we'd go in the <laughs> yeah, Big Rapids, and every year it was like, hey, eight point or better. I'm so, I'm like, okay, I go out there, watch a bunch of six points and stuff walk by. And then I come back and, like, oh, yeah, I shot this. It like, comes in with a fork or a spike or something. And it's like, I won't name names, but if you're listening, you know who you are. My mm-hmm. family doesn't listen to this. My no. wife, I was asking the other day, you know, my. my so she was asked about the podcast and she's like i don't listen to his podcast like you don't listen to any of his podcasts she's like i hear enough of him during the day you know <laughs> to put up with another hour shut up talking about something that he tells me way too much about anyways right so no last night i i was bothering her i'm like hey i think i found a new you know water filter that i really want to tell you about and she, <laughs> when i bother bothering her, she gives me the, yeah. she like a, a blank stare and just does like the over-exaggerated blanks. Yeah. Like she couldn't care less. So
2: yeah, I started talking about compound bow cams to my wife the other day and, and cause I was excited about it and yeah. I look at her and she, she had, she wasn't, even there could have been an explosion in her kitchen and she was, she wouldn't have even turned her head. uh, huh Yeah. Just, oh, uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, yeah 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 so then I, you know whatever those cams are important either.
1: though she needs to know that i mean that your whole draw cycle i know it is
2: and actually i don't even
1: you know what i gotta i have to just bring this up i i'm a little bit i don't know that i am a huge fan of you right now jared uh because the other day we, we got these bows ordered and they sent jared, jared's freaking bow so he's got a bow and he's got it all like the set up the new, he got that new prime in line. Right. Uh, and here I am waiting for mine to come in yet. While all the while knowing I'm he's right down the road with his fancy new bow and mine's still in the shop somewhere.
0: Well, you, you got to send the, uh the alpha, his weapon first. Oh. <laughs> uh, he needs it to really make a statement. So that's right.
1: <laughs> uh, I just like, I hope they're putting something a little extra special in mine. Cause, uh, I'm, I really miss shoot my bow. It's
2: been too long. You're probably going to get the one that's like the, what do they call that when there's like a defect, defect? on the paint job?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I asked him specifically for muddy girl camo. And so okay. if I don't get my muddy girl camo
2: or, or the camouflage pattern that is the, that you see on the back of semi-truck mud flaps, it's like a naked girl. <laughs> yeah, leaned yeah, way it's back.
0: back. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah I like yeah. you even more, Dan. Yeah, that's right. I've got, it's funny. So I moved into a, um, actually a condo off of some acres, I, I into a condo on a river. Um, and part of the development is it's basically an old school that they're turning into these, these cool spots, but par- part of the school hasn't been fixed yet. So it's a huge gym and it's got tools and stuff in it, but I've rigged up some lights in there because it's been cold lately to shoot outside. So when my bow comes in, I can get a 30 yard shot at night. Right across this uh, this abandoned gym. I'm going to poke nice. some pictures of it when I get it rolling. I'm pretty excited about it. A little range I got going.
0: That'd be sweet. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. It's the dream, really. You want an indoor spot to shoot beyond 20 yards. In, you know in the you the should subway. be doing,
0: Jim, is off. You have a deck, right? Or like a port. Yeah, yeah. deck. Defo- deck off the back. Yeah. If there's any ducks floating in that river. I've been I thinking think, about I that. I think
1: you need to take a poke. They're right there. The problem is I'd be shooting over the river walk. And so there's like usually yeah. people around, but I figure one of those night arrows, you know, no one can trace those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, just a disclaimer, I want to say this, we're the Fair Chase podcast. None of this will actually happen. Yeah. And so
0: we're just, we're just kidding. Hypothetically
1: is, speaking. Hypothetically.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So anyway, so yeah, that's Dan, that's cool. So you've, you've kind of tran taken this, this thing that, you know, you, you've done all your life. You, you got really passionate about in 2006 ish. And turned it into, what, your full-time gig now, right?
0: Yeah. The dream.
1: Is that the dream? Are you living the dream right now?
2: I'm real close. Yes. Um, I'm really close to living the dream. I have, like, as soon as I open up an adult bookstore, then it will be... (laughs) And booze.
1: You need booze in there, too. booze. Yeah, like a distillery, no?
2: I don't think booze is, like... I can go to the store to get booze but you sure. can't go anywhere really to get some adult books and <laughs> I think that <laughs> the
0: classics you know in a buffet you got to put a buffet in there <laughs> a
2: buffet <laughs> dude off the air I have a story about <laughs> a strip club and a Sunday morning buffet I have Ooh, to tell you that's
1: right it's you know what?
2: disgusting <laughs> anyway uh yes I'm living the dream I uh, I get to work from home I mean there there are weeks when I don't even wear jeans right so it's just like sweatpants come up to the office work go work out play nintendo with my kids like it is Ooh, you know, what game place. what game are you guys into right now uh, right now it's super smash brothers dude <laughs>
1: dude okay dan i and we've never said this on this podcast mm-hmm. there several times a week we will play jared and i each other in super smash brothers yeah we've downloaded the, the one you play in your computer it's a what is it an emulator and a rom Emulator, yeah and we okay, play right. the, we have the, the Nintendo switch. Okay. We've got, we're on the 64. Cause that's the,
0: the, the vanilla smash, but,
1: but it's smash brothers. Uh, what is it called? What's the smash remake? remix remix. So they okay. add like nerds around the world, build these yeah. you know patches or something to these video games where you can add characters that they've always dreamed of being in super smash brothers.
2: So you're, you're right up our alley. I'd like super smash mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah. And it, it here's, you know, it's up to the father, I feel like to teach children harsh lesson lessons in life yeah right you shit like, out of it, don't you <laughs> yes, I do yeah. the mother the mother's responsibility in my opinion, and I call me mother. old-fashioned Confident. but her job is to nurture sure. right make make sure that they're ready for school in the morning and sure. which I, I do too right or you know like you know oh, you shouldn't do that or you shouldn't say that Meanwhile, I'm downstairs going boom and just like kicking the shit out of them and they're like, dad why don't you ever let me win i'm like no mercy this is <laughs> like this is real life you know the real world will not take you in kindly and just you know talk trash to them like like a father should exactly you know? yeah so i don't know do so you have boys or do you have girls too i have my oldest is a girl and then i have two boys so are you different with a girl no i mean you, you beat you i'm you trying to her make down. her tough I'm yeah, trying to, sure. make, yeah, you like, got I'll you. be completely honest. My one goal as a father of a daughter is to teach her to never date a guy like me. So sure. that's all yep. I want. That's all I want.
1: You know, you, you're, I feel like sometimes a daughter is a lesson, uh, for, for men, you know, yeah, like it you were you, you an idiot when you were a kid and now, cause I've got, I've got a daughter and she's sweet and lovely yeah. and, and smells nice and is kind and all those nice things that I was not when I was nine years old. I was smelly and dirty, and yeah.
2: Well, you still are, dude.
1: I'm smelly and dirty still. That's true. You don't really grow out
2: of that, do you? No.
1: My no, daughter is like
2: a a beautiful venomous snake. Sure. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. You look at it and you go, "Oh my god, that is Mother Nature at its finest. Yeah. Gorgeous, beautiful." And then you try to pet it, and it bites you, and you pass out. <laughs> like that is my daughter. Yeah. Like, I I feel like if she's, she's eight right now. She turns nine in two weeks. Yeah. Something happens to me. I'm not going to be worried about her because nope. I've uh, I've played cynical asshole her whole life. And I think she gets that question. Everything don't trust anybody. Like the only person <laughs> who can do it right is you like, so that's uh that's how I've tried to raise her.
1: Yeah. That's, that's good. St- Mine seems to always know what's going on. Like, yeah, like oh my dad! Da- we get gotta-
2: it. No, my, my daughter is smarter than me. Don't get it's me wrong. That's what already- I found out. Yeah.
1: It's like, well, she knows I have to be here at this time and we should probably leave now. I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah that's probably a good idea. Yeah, we should probably get in the car.
2: My favorite so- is uh, like, okay, so my boys, I can tell them something like, Oh, it's time for bed, but dad, I don't want to go to bed. Well, you know, you know, the toilets are running and I, uh, you know, the sink and the dishwasher and the floor. Okay, dad, okay I gotta go, go to bed. This- yeah and then uh i can start like i can't do that with my daughter anymore she's like well i've seen you repair the toilet before dad why don't you just go repair the toilet and i'm just like ah, well uh and, and so she'll debate me and her like if this was a, a college debate she would win like not Absolutely. only is she questioning me, but she's bringing valid points to the table, <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> like, just go to go to bed. <laughs> I'm your father. Yeah, <laughs> it's just because I said yeah, so. Because I said so. Yeah. That, exactly. I, I
1: love. I'll go to Jared's. We 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 used to record there, and his all, all his kids come out, and like it's kind of their bedtime. So I come all over his and kids.
2: I, like, like with the way you said it, like how many kids do you have? I have one. I, I have, I have three. My own. I have okay. one. So
1: the difference right. between one and three is all of the
0: kids, but it, okay, I got gotcha. you. It's five-year-old, three-year-old and like a 18 month old.
2: Okay. So yeah, they would
0: all come, they would all come to the garage door and just stand there and try to, and, and Hazel would just nonstop James. Just, yeah. <laughs> talk his ear off. I'm like, Joe, you got to go inside. You got to go to bed. And she would not.
1: She he just like hide. looks at him and then just locks eyes on me. Like,
2: Hey dad, why don't you go to bed? I'm talking yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're <laughs> uh, the adults. I'm talking you. here,
1: dad. Do,
2: do you take your kids hunting, Dan? Uh, uh, shed hunting. Yeah. Fishing. Sure. I took my, uh, I pulled my daughter out of school on a Friday for As a good father should. Yep. At, for Turkey hunting this year. And I realized she's not quite ready yet, or I need a blind. All right. So yeah, when I first started turkey hunting, I was 26 years old. Okay. So uh, it was, no wait, 2001. So I was 21 when like the first year I ever went turkey hunting. And so I knew that when my uncle says you have to sit still, that means to sit still. So this, this past spring, I pull her out of school. We get out into the woods. Oh, it's one of those mornings where just Mm. (laughs) yeah you know, I like that just, bark, <sighs> just like perfect right and so we're in the ridge that we go every year to kill one right off the roost and we're we we're here in the gobbles and i set her down i said okay i'm gonna dude one is responding to us right and you know how the sound is a little bit different when they're gobbling in the tree versus when mm-hmm. they're on the ground. Yeah. Right. So, you know, they're on the ground now. It's getting closer. It's getting closer. And I go, okay, it's coming. It's going to pop up over this, this Hill, just be ready. Um, so I'm, I'm in position. I'm still, and I, I look behind me and my daughter is vibrating. She's like, <laughs> like, I'm like, sweetheart, you gotta. And then all of us like respond. I'd call, respond, call, respond, call, nothing, call, nothing. And and so I he got I just, wise. Yeah, I just was like, hey, sweetheart, you like I was I loved baseball. Mm-hmm. Right. When I was a kid, I loved baseball. I, I wanted to play baseball all the time. And well, I'm just gonna give you the abbreviated version. Someone in my life burnt me out of it. Sure just from like the constant, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. Yep. And I don't want that to happen in any aspect of my kid's life. Right. right. If they, if they love something, you got to nurture it somehow. And my daughter really wants to go. So I was like, I was trying to explain to her, sweetheart, you have to sit still because these animals will not come in. They will not come in if you're moving. Okay. Okay. Dad. Okay. Dad. Okay. Dad. And, 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 she just couldn't do it. You know what I mean? And my yeah. fault for probably not having her, you know, in a ground blind. Um, but it's one of those things where it was a learning experience, right? Yeah. And, and she she loves to be outside. She loves to go look for sheds. She lo- loves to go look for mushrooms. We, we do ca- trail camera stuff. So all of it's there. The foundation is set so that when the time comes to where I think this year I'm going to buy a crossbow for the family so they can all start to, so they can all start to shoot it. And, um, you know, she has the interest, my, my oldest son, not so much, but my youngest son, I think like, if I had to pick any of my kids to fall in line with their old man, it's either going to be my daughter or my youngest son, like, I don't know. There's something about him. Like he just, I don't know. I think he could be a killer. Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how personality plays out, mm-hmm. you know, and just kind of getting him into hunt. I'm surprised that you brought, I mean, the first time out is Turkey hunting. That's like, yeah. I mean, deer is almost easier, I think. Cause like movement is, is important. Yeah. but like,
2: you it's know, just, it's it's I don't see, and this is, probably a mistake on my end, but I have lone wolf sticks and stands. Yeah. Like I yeah. don't have any two seater stands right. that I, I could put two, two people in. I don't have any ladder stands. So as a parent, I should probably go out and invest in a couple of those things because, you know, it's not like trying to be a mobile run and gun uh, hunter with your parent or with your kid is, is even an option. So
1: Gr- what about ground hunting? You're not a ground guy?
2: No, nah. I mean for me for like just for me, no. Yeah. But like I said, I, I should probably invest in a two a two uh cedar stand and a ground blind. Yeah, that would probably be beneficial.
1: Yeah, I, I I've take I've been taking my my girl for out for a while, and most of the time something happens where it gets blown up, like yeah. And you know, whatever. It's great either way. We, I've yeah. shot some with her too, and there's almost nothing more exciting than shooting a doe
2: with with your daughter
1: yeah. next to you cheering the whole time.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, Jared, you're you're I feel like Wyatt, your youngest, I, I not your youngest, your middle, middle boy. Uh, I feel like he's gonna be a killer. I wouldn't. I feel like Wyatt, Wyatt could become a great, a mighty hunter.
0: You know, I I took him out in a hunt this year, their first one. and they didn't have any camouflage and we got like pink backpacks and
1: yeah of course that's part of it
0: chairs and we brought them out we just i just walked out 100 yards into the woods we just sat down there's nothing i did not expect to see a stinking thing right sat them down they got in their chairs opened up their little lunch boxes we pretty (laughs) much just had a picnic in the woods and i right we are just sitting there and all of a sudden it just starts raining and they're like <laughs> <laughs> this is hunting this is I'm what gonna, it's like puff it uh, up <laughs> and they're starting to shake a little bit cuz it's cold and I'm like you guys want to go and they're like they don't say anything There's food full of mouth just shake yeah. their head yep yeah. i'm ready yeah.
2: so it was first fun. year i first year i took my daughter turkey hunting we we did have a ground blind and she was in a bright blue coat and there was two toms sounding off in this valley below us and i mean it, it's prime time right they're they're off the roost they're responding to calls i had a couple of decoys out and sure enough she's like dad i'm cold i want to go i'm like yep. hey can you tough it up i mean i brought a sleeping bag with me to put her oh in. i i do that every that's my trick sleeping yep. bag yep. yep and put her in it and i she had my phone to play with and all this stuff and and i'm just like okay here we go and so i i I pick her up, I put her out of the blind. She walks out. I said, take the decoys down. And I poke my head out. And there's a strutter working his way up the field, <laughs> up the field that I couldn't see. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh, sweetie, yeah. I love you. That's <laughs> yeah, how it goes with <laughs> right? kids.
1: Hopefully they take those lessons and you slowly build. You don't want to burn them out, like yeah, you
2: said. Exactly. Can't even burn if them they out.
1: don't hunt, just to respect the outside spend time. Yeah. You know, we, we do that, we do a lot of camping here, uh, usually almost a month uh, of my girl sleeping in a tent, which is a good, good thing for a kid. Absolutely. Um, so no, that's great. That's great. Kids you're, you're running, you're living the dream right now in I'm Iowa. Trying. I'm trying, man. You got, uh, some big hunts planned for this year?
2: Well, I'm an idiot as I've already told you. So I <laughs> missed my, uh, application date for the elk hunt that I wanted to go on. So it's just another preference point for the elk. I may go to Colorado. That's like a 30, 70%, like 30% go 70% not. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be chasing mule deer again this year in a, in a handful of States might even go down um, in a January, one of those January hunts down in Arizona. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, and then, whitetail i'm going to try to make it to a couple states for whitetail and i don't know man I, I i want a reason in 2022 to buy a bigger deep freeze so, yeah i love that that's a great yeah. goal yep so a little bit of bone on the you know a, some bone on the wall and a fuller a freezer full of meat and i think uh, that would be a good year
1: good stories to tell yeah that's that's hard to beat muley yeah. muleys are, are up there and for
2: that's me I, i've like, not done that yet Man, I'll tell you what, that is my, that's all I think about anymore. Really? Um, like, I've hit this point in whitetails where I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know everything because I don't. It's, right. a, it's a learning process. But I've, I've been able to sit in a tree stand for a long, like, many hours observing these things. And the more you do this, the easier it gets, Right. And so I'm on a streak of, I think like seven, seven or six, maybe six years in a row, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. So yeah, six years where in a couple of those years have been the biggest deer on the farm that I have access to. All right? right. So I call that success. Yeah. So knowing that I'm fully capable of getting the job done, I should be able to get the job done in Iowa. Um, like my, my mind is mule deer with mule deer. Now I want to learn how to locate these animals. I want to learn how to stock up on them while they're bedding and shoot them. Yeah. Like that's, that is what my mind thinks about right now.
1: I love that. You know, I, we've talked a little bit about this, Jared and I, but I feel the same way, like <clears throat> by no means an expert, definitely not, uh, we not even close and definitely not successful six years in a row, um, especially here in Michigan. But And I, that's always like the thing that I like to do the most. Um, but the more I can just try new types of hunts, uh, in new places, it's just, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's fun to see what different animals do, how different people hunt them. Uh, you know, whether you're just for us, just bow hunting in uh, Illinois or, you know, gun hunting for elk in Colorado or bear hunting in, in West Virginia or whatever you're doing. Uh, it's just to try something new and see how other people do it, see how different types of animals react and, and do things and just kind of improve your woodsmanship as a whole. This is cool.
2: Yeah. I I really don't want to be a one trick pony. You know right. what I mean? I, I think that if you want to, I don't know, for me, a lot of some, just a little bit of it, like I have my personal goals and that's why sure. I'm, I'm interested in mule deer right now. But there's also a sliver of that, that has to do with, like I owe it to the people who listen to my podcast and the content that I put out to go experience new things because anybody can spend a lot of time in the woods over the years in one location and learn an area and learn right. where deer come through and stick to that area and be successful. That's, that's what a lot of, I mean, being brutally honest, that's what a lot of Instagram is. Right, like right. some, oh, some yeah. of the some of the biggest names in our industry are are one trick ponies. So, so and, and that's not to sound like a a hater or anything. No, that's it's their thing, that, and that's more power to yeah, them. Exactly. I don't want to be that. I want no. to. I'm going to be honest with you. When I have grandkids, or you know, maybe even if I'm lucky, great grandkids, I want to be that crazy old bastard in a wheelchair saying. You know what I did when I was twenty or when I was forty years old? I climbed at twelve thousand feet and I shot a mule deer on its right. bed. And they're like, "You did what?" Yeah, exactly. You know, like something so crazy that your your grandkids want to call bullshit on you. And I'm yeah. like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." I, you know, like, or or the time when me and my buddy went out to South Dakota we shot this at one o'clock uh, in the afternoon. Uh, it was no, it was like eight in the morning we saw this mule deer come off this ridge watched it f- for an hour or so came down into this drainage watched him watched him and then he disappeared down into this area and i'm like hey man let's go after this mule deer at one o'clock in the afternoon we started or uh, no it was like at 11 o'clock we started the stock
0: yeah
2: um we had uh, he put an arrow in this mule deer at one o'clock and then it from the and we he right through the heart like smoke this deer watched him run halfway up a hill he collapsed and rolled all the way down from one o'clock till nine o'clock p.m is how long it took us for two people to quarter him up put the mule there in our packs or like get all the meat off yeah put it in our packs and take a four mile, it was like three and a half or four mile hike back to the trucks. And when I got to there, I was so physically exhausted I could barely stand it anymore. Sure. And, and that's just a mule deer. Right? right. So so I want to be able to, to share those experiences with my kids, yep. with my friends, with my, I mean, because what is a life without these amazing experiences? Yeah. Right. It's like, you know what I did? I worked 40 hours a week and I didn't even use any of my vacation time. Right. <laughs> yeah. I made a lot of money. Exactly. I like, uh, congratulations, dipshit. You just wasted your entire life because yeah. you only get one of these things. So why not go big? Right. Yeah. And so that's what I want to do. Like I want to tell my kids, man, I went to Alaska. I shot a caribou. You went where you did what? Like I, I and not to leave an impact of like this gigantic impact on my on on this earth because that's very hard to do but i want the impact so when i when i'm 85 90 god you know like maybe i'll make it to 90 doubt it 85 years old yeah. right i want to say hell yeah
1: yeah right? had a good time it's like yep. hell yeah you know so well i appreciate I know, that you know like yeah. there, there's a lot of way we talk about this there's a lot too i mean there's a lot of reasons why people hunt yeah. we'll have people on that are all like touch on all of those aspects so like we'll have somebody like the food aspect of hunting um that's that's the big thing or the tactic side they are just playing chess all the time and that's what does it um there's some have that have like a very philosophical or theological reason like you know i am a steward of this animal and and one of yeah. my god-given uh, duties is to engage the outdoors and to you know, the, and, and so, some people, you and and definitely me included, maybe the most um, compelling reason to hunt as the story aspect, the adventure, um, because I, I am with you. Um, the thing that I've always, since I was a little kid, loved was hearing a good hunting story uh, or being even better is being able to tell a good hunting story, you know, being able to be like yeah. this one time, you know, <laughs> and then, like have people look at you like, really? You did that? uh, that's, that's, I mean, that makes, again, it's all of that stuff, obviously. But one, one thing that always has stuck out to me is that like, you have a great story to tell. And, and I had a lot of guys in my life growing up, uncles and stuff that were like, yeah. when I was, you know, like you said, 40 years old, I went to Alaska bear hunting and
2: whatever. Uh, and that stick sticks with you. So, yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I, I don't know. It's just, When you have kids, I'm I'm to that, I'm to that point in my life and it sucks to say, but you have kids, right? And you, so you get to see this new, like this new life come through and, and, and get older, but also you start to see the uh, deterioration, the, uh, God, I tried to use a really big word and I wasn't prepared for it. Falling apart. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like the end of life right grandparents even really good friend like my friends parents like starting to pass and so it it hasn't been until recently that you get this, this the the real appreciation for life and and I know this you know like my life revolves around hunting in the outdoors your guys's life revolves around hunting in the outdoors but it's, it's all secondary to what r- really life is about. And it's the people in, in this life, right. That, that we, it's our family, it's our friends. It's, it really is just people that you meet in a very small instance, right. Maybe, you know, them for six months or two months or, or whatever. And then they, they're not in your life anymore. And all of it has an impact. It's just, it it's, get, you, I'm starting to have this new appreciation for what life is. Mm -hmm. And the older I get, the more call it a midlife crisis, but the older I get, I'm just like, man, like every day matters. Every day matters. Every, every hunting season matters now. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know, man, that's, it's just kind of, I guess that's the hippie in me.
1: Well, you, you build the life you, you really want yeah. Um, whether you can admit it or not, the way that your life looks and the way that it is, is, is just based on a series of decisions you've made. Yeah. And Absolutely. so you're not, you're not a prisoner always to your circumstances. And in some cases you, you, you can't help where, where things end up or whatever, but the way you prioritize your life, uh, it will come out and in the you know, you can, people could look at your life and see, well, what's important to this person. And obviously hunting is super important for us. Uh, but it's all all
2: secondary, you know, it's,
1: it's, it's not, you know, exactly. It's not number one. Um, it it supports things and it encourages things, you know, Mm -hmm. your faith, my faith is, is the driver, uh, my family behind that. And then, you know, hunting comes and they actually fit together in really interesting ways. Um, and they all kind of, you know, Yeah. They fit together in interesting ways, I guess is the best way to put it. But like you said, it's not, and and it's, it's easy to go online. It's easy to go on Instagram and get caught up in what people are posting and get excited about it and make your life that, and it's just bigger and more important than that. It really is. Yeah. So that's my, I feel like that way that got deep, but it's, I don't know. That's what hunting is. That's how hunting yeah. Affects people or just being outside. Like, again, we talk about hunting, but I mean, there's just hiking around, camping, um, fishing, picking mushrooms. I
2: cannot wait the spring to pick oh, mushrooms. Oh, dude, dude, mushrooms. That's my jam, dude. Like Is it? Oh, dude, I love going and finding mushrooms. Like, it is like, I don't know, man. It, it's really high up there because... Not only do I love to eat them, but everybody in my family loves to eat them. Oh, yeah. You no, know, so I can go shoot a deer and I can, you know, it's like if I told my wife, do you want me to make this chili with ground beef or do you want me to make it with venison? She'll she'll say, Well, can we do half and half or, or <laughs> sure? Which means if ground beef. Yeah, exactly. So, but mushrooms, they're dude, and and Again, a little hippie here, but when you open the door to like foraging and mushrooms, there's a oh, ton yeah. of mushrooms out there that you can eat. And um I so this past year uh, on one of my other podcasts, I had a mushroom expert come on and talk about um awesome. all the different mushrooms there. You, you can man, you can fill your belly, and there's oh, nothing yeah. better, there is nothing better than a fish fry with mushrooms. Like f- mu- fried mushrooms and like fresh crappie or bluegill or whatever. Oh. And you have this, it, and you got to throw in like potato salad or macaroni. Oh, salad obviously. Or yeah. Or something like that. And dude, you just eat till you're uncomfortable. You drink some bush lights, hang with a fam, and laugh yeah. like that. Like those are literally my favorite moments in my life. Yeah. And then, and then play some cards. And like, that's yeah. it. You got to end with cards. That's, yeah, that's good my, stuff. That's my dream, man. That's what yeah. I want to do every day.
1: The 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 spring trifecta is fresh a little fresh turkey meat mm-hmm. some morels and then you get those wild ramps like those uh what the ramp what else do they call what's the other name for them Jared wild leeks leeks wild leeks or ramps yeah. you get all that together because they're like they're kind of like garlicky oniony greens yeah that they just do they I don't know if they grow out out by you but like we'll we'll hunt and they'll be like an entire hillside just with millions of these little bud things you pick them out you saute them just like kind of like a like a faint onion would you say is that pretty like accurate a green onion kind of
0: like a
2: green onion, yeah. like a green They've onion. Got, they
0: have a bulb underneath that you can you can yeah. pull up but it's more like a it's a broad leaf yeah you just cut off and okay. just saute it and just kind of wilts and almost has like a like a spinach a wilted or a sauteed spinachy
1: oniony spinachy, yeah, yeah
0: just really really good
1: you, you have a mix of those things man that's good stuff right there life is good I, I have one memory of a specific turkey hunt we were on jared that we had a a, a meal that was i think we threw in a little rice that we had that brought, mm-hmm. get brought out to camp too but that's good stuff so, well, hey Dan, and we're coming up on time. Um and so I don't want to take too much. I told you an hour and we've gone obviously over the next Hey man, I'll tell that, you but... what,
2: you can talk as long as I want because uh right now is bedtime downstairs. Smart. So, any excuse for me to miss <laughs> bedtime and have my wife take care of it all? I mean, I got like six more stories. I, know. I, know. I,
1: I The thing is we're I'm worried about <laughs> being on your wife's bad side. That's my concern, you know, like, you know what I'm uh, she, saying, Jared? I don't want to mess where you live. She doesn't know where, we, doesn't live. Know where we live. <laughs> know me? No. Uh, so, well, anyways, Dan, for, for people who want to follow your podcast, your um, kind of umbrella of family, podcast family, um, and follow you on social media, how can they how can they get a hold of you? How can they uh,
2: follow along? Yeah, so just, I mean, I think I'm the only Nine Finger Chronicles out there. So just <laughs> go to Google, type in Nine Finger Chronicles, and everything should pop up. Instagram, Facebook, the, the podcast. Or you can go uh, to like iTunes and type in Sports Men's Nation, Sportsmen's Nation S P O R T S M E N S Nation and man, you'll get a whole bunch of really awesome podcasts yeah. pop up.
1: It's great stuff. Yeah, go check it out. I've, I've I like listening to your stuff too. I'll pick and choose among the podcasts based on the mood that I'm in, which yep. is the nice thing about having so many. Yep. So, well, Dan, thank you again for coming on. This was a good time. We appreciate it.
2: Yeah. I appreciate it guys. And I, I owe you guys an apology because I think I had to cancel on you know, like five times right at the last minute. <laughs> six. So, uh, six. Probably oh, seven. Six. <laughs> Who <knows>? No, no, <laughs> we're no, no, no. You're good.
0: Though.
1: It, it gets, we totally get it. No, we appreciate it. i um, been dying to talk to you. And so it's been good to hear, hear your story here, the way you think about things. I've, I've heard you a lot, but never had a chance to talk to you. So this is good stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Anytime guys. Anytime. Hey, everybody. Thanks for
0: listening to this episode. We really do appreciate it. If you want to go onto any kind of social media platform, give us a like, share, subscribe. You know, it really help us out. It keeps the train rolling. And if you guys really like what you're listening here, give us a 5 stars. Either time. way, if, even if you
1: don't like it. Even if you don't like review, it. Five stars. Helps cool. everyone out. We'll see you out there.